0: The chaos, the noise, the hate, the division, the voices all around us, the inner critic inside of us. There is chaos
1: in my mind.
0: There is a war going on in my spirit.
1: There is chaos and war in the lives of men in my community.
0: Chaos in trying to balance parenting on my own. As I watch my, my mom struggle in her health, The lies that say I can't and I'm not enough.
1: The world feels like it's on fire.
0: There is a war on my identity. For my health. In my marriage. For my children.
1: There is a war in my mind. In my church.
0: For our children and our families. In my heart. And in my body for years. But God, Jesus himself gives us authority to make peace in a world of chaos. This is why we train. We train to make peace with our bodies. We train to hold peace in our bodies. We train to set others free. We train to make peace with our minds. We train to break generational chains so families will be free. This body contains peace. Because Jesus is my peace. The blood of Jesus paid for me to be free.
1: The punishment that was
0: upon him brought me peace I have ceased fire against my body I will not battle the world I will battle my enemy the accuser of my mind who hates my good body is my enemy with this flesh and blood I do not fight flesh and blood the enemy is my enemy this is where I bring peace. This is where I bring peace. This is where I bring peace. Sons and daughters of God, be good, multiply good, feel the earth, subdue and have dominion. Make peace, heal a hurt, meet a need. I'm done being consumed with myself. I'm done viewing my body as a trophy to be admired. I don't have time to worry about the size of my thighs. I've got good work to do. My body
1: is how I make heaven seen.
0: I'm a peacemaker. I bring peace. Let us make peace. 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 It's time for you to do what our Father does. Let's make peace become a Revelation Wellness instructor, download a packet today. Well, hello, Revelation Wellness podcast listeners. This is Dana Seymour, your podcast editor, and you just heard Platoon 27's Peacemakers video. This past weekend, the Peacemakers officially became fitness teachers, gospel preachers, and to watch their video and learn more about Revelation Wellness Instructor Training, swipe up and click the link in the show notes. Can we challenge you that if the Lord is nudging you at all in any way, shape or form for you to join us and be a part of Platoon 28. There's so much goodness waiting for you. And now to Elisa. Well, hey everyone, it's Elisa. Thanks for hanging out with me today as I introduce you to a new friend who's a friend of a friend, Jonathan Evans. You guys, Jonathan comes from the Titan house of the Evans family. Um, His father is Dr. Tony Evans, uh, sister Priscilla, sister Crystal, brother um, Anthony, just their family, their mother goodness. This is a anointed podcast. You're going to enjoy it. If you are someone who is wrestling with purpose... And what is the call on your life? And how do you get it going? You have to listen to this today. Uh, Not to mention that Jonathan is the NFL, uh, is, is a chaplain in the NFL, a chaplain in the NFL. So he speaks our language. He's on one hand, understands the value of physical training and how it speaks to the spiritual disciplines of following the call on our life and not to mention this I love when I ask Jonathan practical things that he does because you know us around here we like to hear give us some practices give us ways to walk this out he actually walks with God he's going to talk to you about what it looks like for him when he every morning walks with God it, it gave me an excitement I'm like I want I want to start doing that you know when you hear something like wow that that's beautiful and wonderful so you're gonna be encouraged today if you're looking for your purpose feel like maybe something is lacking you don't have what it takes whatever it might be you're in the um spiritual lullaby right now at the church we're gonna wake you up today okay wake on up and have a listen to what jonathan has to say you can find out more about his book Titled the time is now or your time is now it's on the show notes or swipe up in the show notes you're going to learn to get what god has given you let's leave this earth with nothing on the table that we took it all and invested it and watched god show up in great tremendous ways Thank you, donors, for making this podcast possible. Thank you for saying yes to being here today and to continuing to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving others. We love you guys. Thanks for hanging out. Peace. All right, Revelation Wellness community and friends, it's another day where I get to introduce you to a new friend of mine. Today, we have Jonathan Evans on the podcast, and he is the author of a book that says, Your Time Is Now get what God has given you. Uh, you guys are going to love Jonathan. Jonathan has some uh, NFL in the background. Yes, there's some NFL there. We're going to hear a little bit about that. So I'm sure you're very familiar with physical training and its value, but godliness is the eternal thing we're going for. So Jonathan, welcome to the show.
1: It's good to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Tell us where you are right now and uh, what's going on in your life.
1: Well, you know what? Uh, uh, physically i'm in uh, dallas texas that's where i'm from that's where i was born raised uh, many people may know my parents dr uh, tony and lois evans uh, mm. my mom in 2019 went home to be with the lord but yeah. um you know I'm, i am be- who i am because of both of them but especially her and her care in my life mm. and uh I have three other siblings priscilla crystal and anthony Mm-hmm. And uh, and now I have five children, been married for 15 years, Baylor University, all the stuff. Oh,
0: so, Baylor. All the yeah, Baylor oh, yeah. people just got real excited there. Where are you in the lineup of the family in order? Birth I, I'm or birth? the
1: baby of the family. The best position in the house belongs to me.
0: Why is that? Got away with everything, right?
1: Right. Got away with everything. Parents were already tired and fed tired. up I got there. So I just joined the party and uh, and had some fun.
0: Yes, that's so good. I love your sisters. Crystal and I have done some work together, and yeah, they're powerhouses. What a powerhouse family, for sure. Um, And so maybe that's a little bit of this story, right? Of coming from a family like that and trying to find your voice and your purpose. I'd love to hear uh, a little bit about that. Can you give us some background?
1: Yeah, I think that it's important. You know, uh, my dad and and mom both are titans when it comes to the faith and what they've been able Mm. to accomplish and what um uh, god has done in their surrender um and mm-hmm. saying yes to yes to god god has been able to do some um you know amazing things in mm-hmm. them and through them mm-hmm. and as a child you think well you know maybe as someone looking on you think well you know they kind of have it made uh but there's an opposite side effect to having parents like that and and really it it puts you in a mode where you can't help but to compare mm-hmm. um your success to their success and then you realize that you'll never get it and so oh. Right. You realize that's a hard thing to try to accomplish. And so you actually start putting yourself down. You actually start thinking that you can't do it. You actually start having all of these thoughts of, you know, I've, I'm too far off from where they are to be able to get that far to accomplish it. And so you, it really puts you in a place uh, of doubts when you look at that household. It's kind of like Moses, when, Moses mm. when God told Moses to go back to Pharaoh, he was from that household, but he had doubts to go back. He started looking at, well, I can't even talk. Who am I that I should approach, mm. you know, uh, the house where I'm even from? And so so that's kind of how um, it affected me in a negative way. Um, but it was also God teaching me during that time um, that I'm not calling you to, to 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 wear your parents' shoes. I'm calling you to wear your own while using their blueprint um, to guide you in your own. And so, um, so I've learned some things along the way
0: man and that's so true the the comparison versus the complementary like your parents have set you up you you now raise right, that their ceiling really does become your floor even though you're wearing a whole different set of shoes what god's called you to do and the purpose that you have on the earth it i can't only imagine i mean i my daughter tries to see like thinks small of herself because of me or what we're doing I'm like no that that is a ploy of the enemy your purpose right. is your purpose So how did you come into your purpose? And maybe where does the NFL play in that as well? Like a little bit of maybe your stepping stones to where you found and stepped into the call for your life.
1: Well, yeah, I used the NFL as uh, really, I love football. I love the NFL, played ball my whole life, but it was also an escape to get away from ministry Mm. and to get caught up in what I saw everyone else doing and everyone else doing very well at and i just thought that you know i'm the i'm the football player i'm the sports guy i'm the nfl guy
0: mm. so that's
1: what i'm going to go do and i can kind of be a part of it but not be you know um entrenched in it yeah and so it, yeah. Um, so i kind of used that to run even though i loved what i was doing i was in the nfl probably 5 years but it was it was tough it was tumultuous it wasn't working out you know i was on six teams in 5 years i was hurt cut, traded, carted off the field, booed, cans thrown at me. I mean, I, I, it, I've gone through through it all when it comes to NFL experience. And I was asking God, you know, why is this happening? Why am I going through this? Yeah. Um, and my wife was starting to nudge me and say, I think God is saying, you know, you've been kind of running from ministry. I think he's trying to pull mm. you back to ministry. <laughs> and I said, no, he's not. He wants me to play football because that's what I want to do. And I'll never forget going out uh, to try out for the Kansas City Chiefs um, year six. Mm -hmm. And while I was working out, I tore my Achilles tendon. And that's how I ended my career. And I remember crying and laughing on the ground all at the same time. Really? Because God touched me and said, it's like Jacob wrestling with God. Mm -hmm. Um, Once God touches you, he'll change how you walk. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the clearest I've ever heard God in my life. I'm not going to continue to allow you to allow your doubts and your fears to stop you from grabbing hold of the call that I have. So I literally limped into seminary.
0: Wow. (laughs) Uh,
1: I limped into seminary and a year in, I got a call from the Dallas Cowboys to come back and be the chaplain.
0: No way. Yeah.
1: And so now I've been in the NFL 10 years. I've been, I've been the chaplain for 10 years and God answered the question. The reason why I had you go through all of that while you were running and being hard headed is because I wanted you to I wanted you to be able to minister well and you can't minister greater than having the experience yourself.
0: Yeah, you've lived it, you know it, the what it must feel like in the rejection and the constant pressure of performance and man, what a holy holy thing and I I forget that. I forget that there are chaplains in the NFL or in a lot of places I'm going to sidebar. Do people access you a lot? What, what is, what is that like to be a chaplain in the NFL? In well, the yeah, I mean, world? it's
1: been, it's been interesting the last two years because of COVID. So yeah, they have very strict rules, but normally, you know, I, I do everything. I, I, uh, for them, I'm like the team pastor. I do their chapel services before games, which is their church service. I do uh, <laughs> prayer in the locker room personally, collectively. Um, I Get do. Personal counseling. So, if they give me a hotel room normally for the away games, and so the guys can come to my room and and do that in the offseason, I've married several players when they're ready to get married. And so, I kind of uh, take on that role. Uh, but one of the things you know, they told me is that you know, there it's nice to have a chaplain who you know can actually sympathize with what they're going through uh, mm-hmm. because. You know, you've actually done you've actually done it yourself. and so, yeah. Um, yeah. and so just for all the viewers out there that are watching, you know, my mom told me this, my mom said, God will always use your greatest misery to accomplish your greatest ministry.
0: Amen. Two
1: will go hand in hand. And Come so on. I think that it's important to not quit because your purpose is evidenced by your pit. And so mm. I think that uh, while you're in there, we got to keep going as believers because our purpose is going to come from there.
0: Is that something I saw in the show notes? I did want to ask that question. So your mom passed away in 2019, yeah?
1: That's right, in two, we were, 30th, 2019.
0: We were all there. I remember watching it because mean, we know you went through a wave of loss. Your family just is just like not even funny anymore and then it almost gets funny like what how could yeah, this yeah, even, right
1: it, yeah.
0: this, this could only be God doing something but um the question is like what did your mom say to you in that in that diagnosis like what, what were the words
1: yeah I mean we uh you know she told us well actually my dad is the one who told, broke the news so in the hotel room we were at NRB which is national religious broadcasters for my dad. Uh, He was going to they were going to award him a Hall of Fame award. And -hmm. so we were excited about that, but we couldn't figure out why my dad was kind of melancholy and sad all week. Mm -hmm. And by the end of the week, he told us, you know, this is going to be the hardest thing I have to tell you, but your mom has terminal stage four cancer. She doesn't have much time to live. I've called everyone. There's nothing they can do. And so it was a shot to our family, another shot to our gut, the biggest shot to our gut, um, Mm -hmm. even after all of the losses prior. And, you know, we were crying. We were, my dad was in the room, you know, everybody it was just kind of hysteria, just kind of hysteria in the room. And then uh, uh, my mom said, are y'all finished yet? <laughs> I mean, she just kind of bust out with the, she kind of was just looking at us like, okay, let me give them a time to kind of yeah. go through this and do all. This. And then she said, sit down. And she just told us you know, this is spiritual warfare. God is allowing these things to happen to our family, but in spiritual warfare, the Evans family won't tuck tail and run. I'm not going to allow you to do it. I'm not going to do it. And Mm -hmm. she said, you know, if you're called to preach, that's what you're going to do because that's what you're called to do. If you're called to sing or write or uh, whatever it is, um, you're going to serve the purposes of God. I demand it. And so does he. And um, (laughs) my question was, you know, how can you be talking about ministry at a time like this? And she just looked at me and said, because that's the only reason you exist. You exist to serve God. You exist to serve his purpose. And you can never stop doing that. No matter what roadblocks are in your way or what grief or loss or struggles and addictions or things that you may be going through mm-hmm. that you face. And so she just put her eyes back on the prize. And, uh, and she passed away saying those same things. You guys keep going. I'll see you later.
0: <laughs> oh, goodness. Give me a second. That's holy stuff right there. Okay. So why did you write this book? Why this book then?
1: Well, because I need people. Well, it comes from me, you know, my own devotion in my life, my own experiences in my life, uh, not just me, but my whole family, Um, but really getting people to understand that you cannot skip the journey for the goal, that God is going to use everything Um, to build you and what he wants you to do. And so a lot of people are are discouraged because the goal is not there. They're discouraged because they haven't got to the pinnacle. And God is saying, I work all things out for good. So everything in your life that you're going through good, bad and ugly, um, the strife, the strain, the relational hardship, all of those things that are being allowed by God, and sometimes being caused by God, he's using to put in a pot and stir it up so that you can taste your purpose Um, in a way that you never would have thought before. And so a lot of Christians give up too soon. A lot of Christians throw in the towel too soon. A lot of Christians don't think God is for them or love them. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, a coach puts players on the field, but if the players aren't playing, that's a problem for the advancement of that team. And Mm. we are the players of the church. We are the players. And so if we're not advancing because it seems like we're losing instead of believing that 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 loss, like the resurrection of Christ, will actually become a win, um, uh, then, then we're going to have some struggles personally, professionally, um, and, and even as the Church of Jesus Christ. And so it's just an encouragement to go get what God has already given.
0: So the person that should read this book is someone who is what?
1: Uh, the person that should read this book is someone who is looking for their purpose, discouraged in finding their purpose, and mm-hmm. wanting and has a desire like David, a heart after God. Hey, I want to know what you're calling me to do because I want to do your will. And this book details uh, um, how to take hold of what God has given you. You know, Joshua one says um, that, that every place on which your foot treads, I Mm -hmm. have already given it to you just as I have spoken to Moses. Mm -hmm. So I got a new leader, but I still have the same plan. And, and the Bible doesn't change. He's got the same plan, even though he's got new people mm-hmm. and new leaders. And he's saying, I've already given it, but you got to tread on it. And so mm-hmm. it's going to take some faith. It's going to take some walking. It's going to take us moving forward, even in our discouragement, our loss and our grief. I detail that um, in the book. Mm-hmm. And, um, and God is waiting on us. You know, a lot of times we think we're waiting on God and God is saying, no, I'm waiting on you and I have more time than you. And so uh, <laughs> yours runs out, mine doesn't. And so Amen. there is promises that God has, um, but he's waiting on us to walk in such a way so that we can experience it.
0: And there's something about the, gosh, what is it about like, well, when it hits this mark, then I'll know that the purpose is being lived out, that we don't realize that it's in this little whatever it is today that it is a grand thing in the grand scheme, it's it matters today, but we just don't. I haven't reached the pinnacle point, I haven't reached that stage, I yeah. haven't written that book, I haven't like we're so long sighted that yeah. we don't even see what's right here. What do you say to those people? Well,
1: it's just like working out. I mean, you can have a goal ah. and you can think about where you want to be. You can say, Man, I want to be this fit, I want to be this slim, I want to be this weight. That's nice. And everybody's excited about that goal or that perspective, but there's work and grind that goes Mm -hmm. along with that. And you can't quit in the work and the grind or the goal will not be achieved. The weights are Mm -hmm. there. The gym is there. The trainer's there. Everything's already in place, Place, but if your foot doesn't tread on it, that just because it was given doesn't mean you will get it. So when I say go get what God has given you, what I'm saying is go be the healthy you that you already see and that you're excited about. Expect the obstacles, expect the resistance, expect the burn, expect Mm -hmm. all of those things that happen in the gym. And what God is asking for you to do is just put one foot in front of the other on a daily basis. Sometimes Mm -hmm. all you have to do is just show up to the gym is the hardest part. And then the trainer takes it from there. And Mm -hmm. God is saying, I'll take it. I'll take it and I'll give it, but I want to see that you don't just dream about it, that you'll walk in such a way to go get it. And um, and when that happens, you'll see that your your spiritual self, your soul, your inner man will be strengthened and developed and grow and be able to handle stress and strain and burden that you weren't mm-hmm. able to handle before simply because you're in shape by how you've been walking and the training that God has been giving.
0: On a practical sense, like I love that you're speaking like an athlete in athlete athletic terms. Are there practices or things that you put in place? And I'm talking for your call of the life, for the call on your life that God has for you. Are there practices? Are there things that you set in that these are non-negotiables? Like we will do this, we will do this. That kind of put the parameters of the guardrails so that you keep moving in that direction. Is there any practices or yeah, things that you go? There is nothing I, I'm gonna live, I can't live without this.
1: There's a couple of practical things, and and it starts with spiritual disciplines.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, People often
1: think that you have to feel like praying or feel like reading or feel like walking with Mm -hmm. God, and that's not the case. Uh, Faith is not connected to your feelings. Faith is connected to your function, and then you let your feelings catch up. And Mm -hmm. so that's why we call it spiritual disciplines. The the same Mm -hmm. thing with working out now. (laughs) You don't feel like it. The feelings are irrelevant to the goal that you have. You you have to just step out and do it um, and just say, I don't feel like it while you do it. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of growth that comes from that. And so one of the things that I try to do um, from a spiritual discipline standpoint is walk with God literally. So I get up in the morning, some a lot of times before anybody else gets up, and I go and walk my neighborhood with mm-hmm. my Bible and just pray to God, talk to God, and I pick a book of the Bible and just read through it and wow. stop while I'm reading to just pray about God, yeah, I really do need to grow in this area right here. This is what your word just said. This is where I need to grow. So it's literally just walking with God. um, As the Bible talks about characters like Noah who walked with God um, in Genesis chapter six. And so that's one of the things that I do from a health perspective. um, Also just working out, staying healthy and staying um, um, involved with myself. Um, Mm -hmm. see, not only are we not involved with God, we're not even involved with ourselves. Come on. Um, We let our relationship with God go and we let ourselves go the same and then the same way. And so you want to walk with God and you want to walk with you. You want to be able to continue to contribute to a healthy you, even in times where you don't feel like it Mm
0: -hmm. and what you,
1: what you take in, we want to take in good things spiritually. We want to take in good things physically and, and how we treat ourselves and treat others. And so if we're able to do those things then we can see God speak into our life and we can be healthy enough that when he speaks and gives what he has, we can actually execute.
0: So how important is the physical and spiritual integration, Jonathan?
1: Oh, it's, it's, it's big time because our body Mm -hmm. is a temple. Our body is a temple of the Holy spirit and, and he, that's where he dwells. And if anybody comes over my house for a get together or a party or, or something like that, you know what we all do? We clean it. We clean it. We, we make sure everything gets together. We make sure it looks right. We make sure that yeah. because the house is a representation of who lives in it.
0: Oh, come on. So I want
1: to make sure that That's whoever right. comes over my house um, um, understands who I am by what they see in the house. Yeah. And so if the Holy Spirit lives in us, then we have to recognize that our house is a representation of him. And so that's why there is an integration between our wellness, the integration between our health, integration mm-hmm. uh, between what we take in uh, to our bodies, yeah. Yeah. and an integration between what people see when we're talking about God. That we actually care about the house that God lives in.
0: So oh, good, man! You're preaching it. Thank you. I I love this question. You talk about how we dress determines how far we go. Um, what does clothing have to do with our spiritual journey? This is in the book. There's a part in the book. You talk about clothing and spiritual journey. Tell me.
1: Yeah, uh, clothing. Clothing is important because, you know, God is a designer. People don't really realize that when they read hey, the Bible. Hey, yeah. God, God is a designer. I mean, you look at the wedding feast in the book of Matthew. The guy wasn't dressed right. He kicked him out.
0: Um, <laughs>
1: you, look at the, you look at the garden. Um, in Genesis chapter 3, it says, God clothed Adam and Eve with garments of skins. They mm-hmm. were already clothed with fig leaves. And he was like, that, that's not going to work. So he mm-hmm. changed their clothes. Uh, you look at Revelations, it talks about the fine linen of the saints. And so God is a designer. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people want a righteous purpose, but they're dressed like a heathen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and, and it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way because God is a designer of righteousness. God mm-hmm. wants you to be clothed with what your purpose is. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people want to be dressed one way but want God to respond a different way. And like any designer, if they don't like what you're wearing, they're going to tell you to uh, to take it off and try again. Yeah. And so we get dressed certain ways to do certain things. If I'm going on a date, I dress a certain way. If I go uh, uh, to a banquet, I dress a certain way. If it's a yeah. fundraiser, I dress a certain way. You see what I mean? So the way that we dress depicts where we're going in our normal lives. Yeah. So how would our purpose be any different? So if we're asking God for a righteous purpose, then we need to be dressed righteously.
0: More Expand upon what does it mean to be dressed righteously? What, what do I need to be like, thinking to dress myself in, in terms of the righteousness of God?
1: That's that's right, and so that's a that's a good question, a good point, and detailing that out yeah. is that we're looking into be clothed into the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and so Ooh. when I said that that uh, you know Adam and Eve were clothed with garments of skins, well, the question is where did God get the skins from? Mm-hmm. God said to Adam, the day you eat from this tree, you will surely die. Mm-hmm. And Adam and Eve ate, and physically they didn't die right away. Why? Because the first sacrifice in the Bible was in the garden. God sacrificed an animal in the garden so that Adam and Eve could live, Jesus Christ, Mm. and then he made them wear the garments of the sacrifice. Mm. So if your life is not a representation of the sacrifice that has been made on your behalf so that you can live, you don't have on the right clothes. That's walking like Christ, looking like Christ, reading your word and figuring out how Christ led uh, uh, as a man. So you can Figure out how to dress appropriately in your marriage. Uh, yeah. How Christ treated the church and how the church responded to Christ so that you can figure out how to be the wife in your marriage. See, it's putting on uh what Christ is and who he is, so that you can wear the sacrifice and it's easily seen that this is a person who will glorify my son. So let me take them to their their purpose.
0: You know what you think? I think right now we're living in a time as the church, it just feels like we're asleep. We're a little sleepy. We'd rather be comfortable. I got a lot of things, got Netflix. I got a lot of things vying for my attention. And so we don't embrace sacrifice or which is suffering. I read a thing uh, the other day, maybe it was Francis Chan who was talking about the power of the underground church. And one of the things of the power of the underground church, one is word of God, prayer, um, but that they embrace suffering. Like they're they're not afraid of it. So this goes back to your whole call of this book of the person that was looking for your purpose Guess what? It's going to feel uncomfortable. You're gonna not like that you're not at the pinnacle, that it's not. And I don't even know if that ever happens because every leader I ever meet tells me you get to that place and it's a whole nother set of of sacrifice and suffering. So it's like you're You're never really there. We think about this thing happening, but if we embrace the sacrifice in every day, clothed in the righteousness of Christ, what wouldn't we be willing to show up and do that would then turn a profit for the kingdom or for our own? benefit to become more of the purpose of the person we are supposed to be. It's powerful. That's exactly right. I think, I think and, and what do you see? Like, I would just love to see, how, what do you see when you look at the church and, and the people in their destiny, or maybe not?
1: Yeah, I think that you started out by saying it clearly. I call it a satanic lullaby, mm. is that the enemy is is just <laughs> lulling the church to sleep, Uh, Just make sure they're comfortable and they'll be fine. Make sure they don't have any issues. Make sure that they're uh, well off. Um, Just make sure that they don't have to give up too much to follow Christ. Make sure that if they're okay, um, then I don't have to worry about any major advancements. And so what he does, he lulls us to sleep with all of our technology, all of our money, Mm -hmm. um, all of our um, uh, things that we want to accomplish and do for the world, social media. Mm -hmm. Give me some likes and views. I'm just doing a song and a dance to get as many people to show up and look at me as possible. He's totally lulling us to sleep. Um, uh, Meanwhile, There's Jesus is showing up in a major way in countries that are suffering. I mean, you talk Mm -hmm. about uh, people coming to faith in Afghanistan, Muslims that are that are that are having all types of dreams and crazy experiences with Jesus Christ. Mm. That I could, I mean, it's unbelievable stuff that's happening in areas where they're suffering and guns are being put to their head and nooses on their necks. Um, um, and they're still pastors over in Afghanistan now saying, you know, I may live for another two weeks, but we're going to continue to serve God. And, and, and their experience, their experience of God, um, is just nuts. I remember a story of a, a young girl who's a Muslim raised as a Muslim, and, um, she was devout as a Muslim. And, um, she called in, I forgot what ministry it was she called into, um, but she called in to tell them why, why Allah is the true God. And she just called in for that. And uh, she was planning on taking her life and her mother's life. They, they had a plan to do it together. And I, I remember that the, the guy did everything he could on the phone. But he said, listen, if God doesn't do something for you within a week, um, then I'll let you do what you're going to yeah. do. Yeah. And um, within that week, um, her mother accepted Christ. Uh, within that week, she had some crazy vision about what's going on in her life and saw things in a different way. Within that week, she had some things happen in her family, a whole bunch of stuff mm-hmm. that happened within that week. And she called back and gave her life to Christ. And the story is much crazier than that, but I can only paraphrase it. But the things that are happening in countries that are uncomfortable. Come on. Where they're moving forward and saying, it's about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they're not just sitting around, uh, you know, um, eating, uh, you know, ring pops um, mm-hmm. spiritually. Um, they're having a greater experience um, of God because they're wearing the sacrifice. Uh, They're not just accepting it.
0: Man convicted. And yet, and I have to ask the question, you guys, as we get convicted, what are we going to do? Like you can't just get another conviction. Like, yep, good. That was a nice little spiritual spanking. We got to do something. What will we do today? And really this is in line with your book. If we're going to go after Um, what God's called us to do and what he's given us, it's going to be costly. What will we do today that will be of, of cost to our comfort of cost to my unbelief? Like it's going to cost me today. And if it's, I have this thing, Jonathan, where every night now the the two questions I ask myself is what did I say no to today in terms of like the temptations of my flesh, they're, they're everywhere. What did I say no to today? Right. And what cost, what, what, did, what was I willing to pay? Like, what was cost cost? Because I go to bed every night and it was just, it's just Groundhog's Day. Another comfort, slap a Bible verse on it, listen to another podcast, do a revving the word, you know, all these things, you guys, we love you too much to say, um, we don't need more consumption of the Bible and consumption of the knowledge of God. We need activation. We right. have to take a step in the direction that God's calling us to go. I really okay, go on. Yep.
1: No, no, no. I'm just saying that's exactly right. And the call, the call is for us all. It's a, it's Matthew 28. Matthew 28 lets us know to go. Ye therefore make disciples of all nations. Mm -hmm. And when God told them their purpose, they went straight into the book of Acts and started suffering.
0: (laughs) And so, uh,
1: you know, got killed. Peter was in jail. Paul was in jail. Silas was in jail. I mean, you had all of these crazy things that were happening as they were doing what God told them to do. Um, But that. We need to understand that the call of discipleship is a decentralized call. It is not a centralized call. Centralization is we just go to church and wait for the pastor to do all of the work and wait for this big building to call it a church. And that's, I did church today. No, that's centralization. Mm -hmm. Decentralization is uh, Hebrews chapter five. You ought to have been teachers by now. You've been, you've been in church, you've been in church 20 years, 10 years, five years, seven years, eight years. So the, the concept of discipleship should have decentralized itself so that uh, so that we're not just waiting on the the the, the church the, the taxi church to pick us up because now we've got uber we've got people using their own cars to pick us up now and so now you get where you need to go faster it's cheaper it happens uh, you got at a press of a button why? Because the industry has been decentralized, and until the faith is decentralized to the people, and the people say, "Oh, wait, I am the church. I should have people over my house discipling them. I, mm. I should be the leader at my church. I should be a small group leader. I should be. Mm. I should. I should have kids that come over my house every Friday, and I cook mm. for them and teach them the word. Like I, mm. I should be the pastor now,
0: mm. both men and
1: women. And I ought to be a teacher by now. Why are we not decentralized?" Um, and only focused on the centralized thing to do all of the work, which is why it's so costly, which is why churches have huge budgets, because mm-hmm. they have to do all of the programming, when really, it's supposed to be the people programming within their own homes, Acts 2, from the temple to the house. And so, um, really, um, it's a decentralized model that we need to move to where every believer takes it upon themselves to say to themselves, I ought to be a teacher by now. And if I don't feel like I'm a pastor, it's okay. I can do the best I can with what I've learned over the years and teach that to someone else.
0: Jonathan, I am going to go long and far with Hebrews 5. That but We all should be teachers by now. It is so true how much knowledge we have of God and how much access we have. It's, it's I'm not going to die today for going to church which is why a lot of people don't go to church because it's an option where like right. in Afghanistan, they know I could die today to go to church. And That's right. God, we repent and we need we need an act, a movement of the Holy Spirit. And we need obedience and we need to slough off of us all these things, the comforts, the, the satanic lullaby that we've all succumbed to. Jonathan, I think you're amazing um before you go we ask three fun questions and then we'll we'll tell people where to go to get your book okay first question coffee tea or kombucha what's your go-to
1: Ooh, out of those i would probably take tea
0: and if it's not that what is your go-to beverage of choice like every day water (laughs) (laughs) me too i'm with you i know water just seems so common we're gonna give you water okay um favorite way to move your body Like your workout, like the the one that you're like,
1: Um, Yes, I would probably say, I'd go back to my football days. I like to run stadiums.
0: What? Yeah. Talk about a satanic lullaby. Okay, we'll we'll get (laughs) what you you like. You like it hard. Oh my goodness. Like it hard. Keep
1: those legs going.
0: Oh man, those are painful. Those are fun. We actually train people to go across the Grand Canyon in one day. It's an event we call Rim to Rim, where we have people that they're like, I don't have elevation. We're like, do you have stadiums? Do you have stairs? And they will, they actually, we find people that train often on the stadiums and stairwells do better, (laughs) do feel stronger, more prepared than those that have kind of gone with undulating roads. Anyways. And then your go-to activewear of choice. What's the brand? What's the store you shop at?
1: Oh, active wear. Um, mm-hmm. Not a big shopper, but I love Lululemon.
0: Yeah, my husband is a big fan of that. I mean, he's tried they, the Nike they, they, and the they, armor.
1: They figured out what to do with men. They found <laughs> comfortable clothes we can wear to work.
0: It's oh, true. <laughs> that is very true. He's got that as well. All right, Jonathan, how are people going to connect with you? Where are they going to go to find more about you?
1: Uh, You can just connect with me on social media, uh, easy way to do it. Jonathan Blake Evans for Instagram and Facebook, Evans Legacy for Twitter, and then the book is on yourtimeisnow.net, yourtimeisnow.net, you can get the book, and the book comes with a movie and a soundtrack inside of the book, so as you read, you'll watch the movie, and uh, you can also download it for each soundtrack at the end.
0: This is fantastic. Are you going to write another book or what? Do you what's next for Jonathan? What are you up to?
1: I turn in my next book, October the 1st, called Fighting Your Battles.
0: Oh, okay. You're coming back. We're going to try. We want to get you back. October 1st. Blessings on that. Jonathan, thank you for being here today. We are going to connect again soon. We hope. Thank you so much for having me.